about you, but I sure enjoyed that. And I'm so thankful that we have a name above all names, and we serve a risen Savior. And by the way, He's alive and well today, and uh, He's very present and a help in time of need. And I don't know where you find yourself this morning, but I hope you find yourself in an area of need, because we have a need for a great Savior, and we have a great Savior. And I hope you believe that and trust that. And I am privileged to speak to you this morning from the Word of God. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to the book of Psalms. And if you just take your Bible and just throw it to the middle, and it'll open up probably to the book of Psalms. The Psalms 25, so hopefully everybody can find it this morning. Psalms 25, I want to just touch briefly on a verse here this morning in just a matter of moments. So Psalms 25, show you a verse in just a little bit here. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach and thank you for Pastor allowing it to be so. Praying for him and his uh, safety as he travels back early part of this week and just been praying for him over the weekend. And thankful that you're here today. And uh, you brave the cold weather and you're in for a blessing. I believe that because the Lord's going to speak to us. It's not about me, it's about Jesus and His Word. So Psalms 25, we'll find a verse there in just a little bit here. But I want to let you know on, about something special this morning. You're in on the secret. What's the secret? Have you heard? You're in on the secret. You know, when you mention, have you heard, in a normal tone of voice, um, whatever comes next, it can be believable or unbelievable. It can be true or false. It can be something that uh, is being said to you, um, maybe in a normal tone of voice, but it's more believable if you actually say, have you heard? I know most of you don't even recognize what this is. This is actually a telephone <laughs> that this girl is holding. But they do say that there's been a study that's been proven that actually if you say the exact words, have you heard, and simply put it into a whisper, that it will actually be believed. No matter whether it's true or not, whatever comes after that could be good or bad. But if you just get it into a whisper, then... That exact same information shared in a normal tone of voice, it won't be believed, but if you put it in a whisper, it will be believed. And that can work to advantage or disadvantage. You know, there's something about nostalgia of our flesh that we like to be in on a secret. And we like to know what's going on. We don't want to be left out. We want to know and have the inside scoop, if I may. Recently, my family and I, we started watching a show that's called FBI, and the I is changed to an I, and the lady is named Sue on the show, and she actually is deaf, and she actually reads lips. And so this is how they catch the bad guys, by reading, she reads the lips of those bad guys many, you know, feet away or even a distance away. As long as she can see them and read those lips, they're good. They can go in and make the, the well, whatever, you know, um, find them guilty or, or the rescue or whatever the case might be, but it's because she's uncovering the secrets. You know, there's someone else always looking at our secret life. God is constantly looking at our secret life. Notice, please, with me, if you would, Psalms 25, verse 14, it says this. Psalms 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And He will show them 
his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. You know, the Bible says this in Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. See, everything starts in our secret life. Strength or weakness comes from yours and my secret life. Secrets can be looked and found everywhere, but our strength and our weakness comes from our secret life. You know, secret passageways, ladies, secret recipes, secret places, secret thoughts, secret service, secret history. A fellow by the name of Tocqueville, a writer, a French writer in 1831 said this, I sought for the secret of America's greatness. I looked to her harbors. It was not there. I looked to her rivers. I looked to the fertile fields and boundless forest. It was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, her institutions of higher learning. Secret was not there. I looked for it in the Democratic Congress and in the matchless Constitution. It was not there. Listen, please, not until, this man says, until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness, did I understand the secret. The secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good... America will cease to be great. See, the idea of a secret means it's to remain unknown, but there's no secret kept from God. Nothing ever takes God by surprise. It might surprise you to know that, but there's no secret that God doesn't know. God knows our secret life. Psalm 139 mentions about how God sees everything. He's omniscient, He's omniscient. Omnipotent and and so powerful and and knows it all. You know, most of the time we refer to the word secret, we actually are referring to maybe a bad connotation. It carries a reference to something wrong, something bad. It oftentimes will mean something that should not have happened. But I want to let you in on the great secret today the secret of this that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. There's a condition to this secret. Do you see it? It says it goes to them that fear Him. And to those that fear Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you know this? You cannot fear God if you're not getting to know God. So today I want to ask you, and as we start off this morning, as we kind of kick off the message here, are you getting to know God? Is He sweeter? Is He becoming more of, of a deeper, better stronger relationship with God that you're having, if you are getting to know Him, the fear of God is becoming more prevalent and more evident in your life. See, blessings and promises are connected to having the fear of God in your life. The eye of the Lord is upon those who fear Him. Psalm 112.1 says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Psalm 145 says, The Lord will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. You know, this, any blessing of the highest nature will be in some way connected to someone who fears God. You say, I, I wonder how the blessings came to them. Well, someone is fearing God, and, and someone in their life is fearing God and asking God for His help 
And so the secret of open blessing is this. It has to do with someone in secret seeking God. A true believer is meant to have the fear of God in their life. But you know this, not every believer has the fear of God. It's not the case in every believer. See, the fear of the Lord is an inward condition. It's a continual submission. It's, it's a, he- a heavenly, holy reverence of God. It's a sacred awe of Him. But it's also this, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The Bible says, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and their forward mouth do I hate, God says. You know, the remarkable thing about fearing God is when you fear God, you fear nothing else. And if you don't fear God, you fear everything else. So let's not skip over this little word. You see it? It's kind of in italicized in my Bible. It says, Psalm 25, verse 14, the secret of the Lord is. Is. You know, that word is means it's present. It's to be right now happening in our life. It's to be there. It's to be obvious. It's to be evident. It's a condition to those that fear Him. But it's, it's to be very much current. Can I say this? It's an end thing. For the Christian it should be. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. It's with them that fear Him. The fear of the Lord is to be with you. One man put it this way, those who fear God, do you not find at times something of the secret? Would you go back to a dead profession in which perhaps you were wrapped up for for years when you tried to reform or perform your habits on your own? When you tried hard to break off your bad practices, you worked at becoming religious, and the whole time you were unacquainted with the secret and knew not the inward teachings of God through the Spirit? You know, back then there was no communication from the light, the way, the truth, and the life. No breathings and longings after the Lord. No desire to know Jesus and the power of His resurrection. But when the Lord mercifully and graciously took you in hand, He began a good work in you and started working powerfully in your conscience, raised up God's fear in your soul. Then you found something of which you were before completely ignorant of. And since that time, you have found spiritual relationship with God, a desire to strive after godliness, to follow after the inward teachings and leading of the Holy Spirit of God, even through His Word. You find now there is a secret in these things. If you speak it to your relatives, they don't always know what you mean. If you talk of it to those who haven't received Christ, they might not understand But if you go into the company of God's house and converse with other believers on spiritual matters, they know exactly what you mean. And when you hear your experience described in the Word of God and you feel a sweet going out of your soul toward the Word of God, this is God's gift and God's work being done in your heart. This and this alone is knowing something of the secret that God has for you. And then look what it says. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. He will show them His covenant. 
Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this, The secret things belong to the Lord. Job 15, 8 puts this question out there, Have you heard the secret of God? God has divine secrets. God's secrets are found in His Word. So let's take the treasure map, can we? And turn over to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look for some treasure. We're going to find it. It's, it's in Matthew 6, and it, by the way, it's, there's treasure in all the Word of God. But in Matthew 6, we'll see this word secret come into play often. This word secret is mentioned, and I want to just draw our attention to it today. Lord willing, God will help us as we look in on a couple of the secrets of God. Can I tell you this, though? God's going to expect you to be a secret agent. He's actually would like, if you want to join as the role, secret service. But to do that, you've got to fulfill the role. It's not just sign the line and you get this, this position or the spot. It's in these three areas that I'll give to you this morning that God wants us to be in on the secret, but not just be in on the secret, but actually live out the secret. But make sure we're living it out for the right reason. And so the first secret is the secret purpose. This morning, the secret purpose. Now we're on a treasure map. It's going to take us to some places. Verse 1 of Matthew 6, it says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of men. Or, to, excuse me, to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thy alms may be in, in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly." Now humor me for a few minutes, would you? Go along with me on this if you would. I'm not trying to be a prophet, but I, I will say this, that I know exactly what all of us are going to do each and every day. No, no, no. You're supposed to say at that point, no, you don't. You're supposed to say only God knows. Now I'm going to take it a step further. Better yet, I know what you and I will do that hasn't even been done yet. Tyler lost his mind. He's gone. He's, he's, he, he doesn't realize this is not going to go well for him. Your response should be, there's no way you know that. And maybe you would even say you're not that smart. And that would not be nice, but I understand what you mean. See, here's what you and I have done and will continue to do. You ready? I'm going to reveal the secret. I'm going to let you in on the secret. Are you ready for the secret? Now, I'm talking about what you and I do every day and what you're going to do tomorrow and in the, the days ahead. And I'm saying that I already know that. Am I that smart? No, I'm not that smart. Here's what it is. What you and I will do each and every day, we are either going to live a life that is man-centered or God-centered. That's the secret. That's, gonna, that's already happened, that's taking place today, or that's going to take place in the future for all of us. And so we either live a life that is man-centered or God-centered. And here's the thing, only God knows why we do what we do. 
And God cares about our motive. And the purpose behind what we do, we do. Or don't do. Notice, please, with me. I don't know if your Bible is like this, but in Matthew 6, it's nothing but red. It's all red. Because that's Jesus speaking. And so, this is the one who's speaking, Jesus. And Jesus is the only one who has a right to speak this way. He's the only one who, may I remind you, the secret of the Lord belongs to Him. Those that fear Him, He's going to let them in on the secret, but you've got to fear Him. And then He'll show you the rest of His covenant, and He'll continue to show that covenant to you. But it's going to be to the ones who are in on the secret. And so here's the secret, the secret purpose. Why do you do what you do? Why do you not do what you don't do? And Jesus is talking to his followers. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to those who claim Christ. I understand a specific group, the Pharisees, and he names them out as not Pharisees, but he says hypocrites. But Jesus is dealing with these areas that are good. Giving is good. It goes on in verse 5 to verse 15. It talks about prayer. Verse 16 down through verse 18, it, it talks about fasting. And right above that, it talks about forgiveness. These are good areas. But these are good areas that any one of us can become very hypocritical in if we're not careful. They're good, but if they have the wrong purpose, then they become wrong and they become not right. See, what happens is good turns out to be not so good. The Bible says, whether therefore eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. But please notice with me, and maybe you want to underline these things, please notice with me, Jesus assumes that these things are going to be done in our lives. Look, verse 2, it says, When thou doest thine alms, as if you're going to give. And this is talking about giving to the poor and to the needy. This is above any tithes or offerings or anything like that. This is the Pharisees giving to the poor, and how they go about it is not too great, but they are going about it. Notice verse 3. When thou doest, you see that? Thine alms, let not thine, and then it goes on. But it says, when thou doest. So you're going to do, do this. Hey, go about doing this. But how you do it and how you go about doing it does matter. See, motives matter to God. Verse 7. You have to jump down, or excuse me, verse 5. And when thou prayest. So... Jesus is assuming this is going to happen in our life. You, you are going to pray, and you should. And when you do, He's going to give us some direction and some instruction on how to do it. Verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, not if. Did you hear that? Not if, but when. It's supposed to happen in your life. Verse 7, When ye pray. Verse 14, If ye forgive men, then I'll forgive you. But if ye forgive not, verse 15, Father will not forgive those trespasses either then. That sounds pretty harsh. Well, Jesus is saying this, so don't hold against me. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 16, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. And we'll get there. Verse 17, when thou fastest, do you see it? Now back up to verse 2, if you would. It says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men. Don't do it this way. Do not. And you see the verse 3, it says, 
let not. But when thou doest thine alms, let not. Same kind of deal with praying. Verse 5, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be. Don't be this way. This is how you're to do it. He'll tell us. He'll give us an example. Verse 7, do you see the words use not? But when you pray, use not. Don't go about it this way. Verse 16, are you with me? Moreover, when you fast, be not. Verse 18, that thou appear not unto men. What? That sounds exactly like what we just started off in verse 1, that they're doing it before men to be seen of them. That thou appear not unto men to fast. Verse 18. Why is he saying all this? He's saying this because of verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do. And in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory of men, they have their reward. Verily, I say they have the reward. You know, a hypocrite is someone who is an act, like an actor who wears a mask, but it's different than what, it, what you see on the outside is different on the inside. The action appears right, but it's not right. By the way, it's never our job to call someone a hypocrite. Jesus is speaking. That's good enough. Not for us to, do, to call someone else that. Never is that right. Matter of fact, we're a hypocrite as we call someone a hypocrite. That's the truth. And so, Jesus is doing this. He's, he's saying you do well to get rid of hypocrisy in your own life. And so, just check your own life. And so, Tyler Austin, check your own life. Your name, check your own life. In these areas, in, in all areas, really. But he get, it gets into these areas. And so, he says hypocrisy, see, is what appears okay on the outside, which any of us can do that, but it's not really on the inside. Guess who can't see on the inside? You or I can't see on the inside. There's a reason for that. God sees it, and God knows. And so, here's a wonderful truth. The blessing of God comes from what God has seen in your secret life. And God rewards openly what He sees in secret. Do you see that in this passage? God blesses those who are working on their secret life. None of us have arrived. None of us have our secret life all figured out and all perfect. But we need to be working on it. And so working on it. And so he sees in secret and he shall reward them openly. Verse 4. Verse 6. Your father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Verse 18. There again. Thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So why is he not doing this with the hypocrites? What's the holdup? I mean, they're giving, they're praying, they're, they're, they're fasting, they're not forgiving, but they're doing all these things, and they have the, the outward looking pretty good in their mind, in their heart, they think it's okay, and everything's all right, but the secret purpose is not right. Jesus says this, they already have the reward. It's as if it's done. As if it, you're not, they're not getting any more reward. What they just received openly, that, that, was, that was the reward right there, what they did openly. And so why not reward later? Well, because now happened. Their purpose is to glorify men and to be seen of men, to hurt, hurt of others, appearance unto men. Alms is a good thing, but it wasn't the best thing. They're still missing the best thing. I experienced true joy on Wednesday. A fellow by the name of Mark stopped by the church office. And this is a man I had no idea 
who he was and what he was about, but I've been asking the Lord to, if it would allow me to, meet a man that has been giving to Master Clubs for years and years. Doesn't go to our church, but he's been faithful to give week after week to Master Clubs. And he, and he came by and he needed some more offering envelopes. And so I gave those to him and in the process of our conversation, he went on to tell me how his son was influenced in master clubs and how his son was saved and how he wants other children to get saved. And so he wanted to give and continue to give to this program. And I thanked him and I told him this, I said this, that you're going to receive reward in heaven as a result of you giving to such a ministry. And I can, I can rest assured, Mark, that, that there have been kids saved. There have been children influenced because of your giving and your faithfulness. You know what he was doing? Verse 2, he wasn't going out and sounding the trumpet like the hypocrites. He wasn't, the Bible says this, it says, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand doeth. And kind of one of these numbers, I'm, I'm getting out my, I'm getting out my giving right now out of this pocket. I, I, hey, I'm giving it, hey, I'm getting it out. Here, here, hey, hey, hey. Right hand up here and left hand down here, giving it, getting it out. Or, or this one deal. Doesn't matter which hand. But as long as you as long as you see me giving, doing, hey, 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 hey. This is what the Pharisees were doing, and God says they're hypocrites. Don't sound the trumpet. Their custom was to go into the busy street corner in Jerusalem and blow the trumpet. And that was to call the poor to that area, but it worked out advantageously for the Pharisee as they stood there that the trumpet had been sounded. Well, then now you can see what I'm giving because. The trumpet has sounded, and so it's an opportunity to get recognized to what they gave. See, the secret purpose is important to God. The idea of why we're doing what we're doing. I'm thankful that God alone knows our motives, and it's Him that knows it. But I will say this, and what I gather from this passage up front, right at the beginning, is our motive matters to God. He sees right through the deepest part of our heart. By the way, can I just mention this? God alone judges someone's motive, and that's good enough as well. It doesn't do any of us good to try to play judge of others' motives and heart. I don't know about you, but I have a hard enough time working on my own heart and try to keep up with someone else's. And so we must be reminded of this in Proverbs 18.13, it says, He that answers the matter before he heareth it is a folly and shame unto him. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. I'm so thankful that the right purpose can be accomplished in our life. You know what that is, don't you? It's whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Not the glory of men, but the glory of God. See, it, secret purpose matters in all that we do. And then this leads us into the second secret. You ready for it? Hope you are. Hope you haven't gone to sleep with the secrets being such of a whisper. A secret place. A secret place. Would you notice a secret place with me? It's found in verse 5. It says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou prayest... Enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, 
Pray to thy Father, which seeth in secret, and he shall reward thee openly. Now, for some reason, I struggle to read that verse, because every time I read that verse, I think of a spiritual that says, shut the door, keep out the devil, light the candle, every... you know what I'm talking about? Anybody else heard that? Please don't leave me hanging on this. <laughs> but we are to shut the door, because it says, God and you alone. And when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. In secret, thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. How's He going to reward you openly? Is that what it's all about? No, it's about you getting in secret. Is, is it about standing in the synagogues? No, it's about getting into the closet. By the way, we'll get into this, but prayer is intended for God's ear to hear, not man's ear. Who do you pray to? Why do you pray? It sounds good. You can't impress God with your prayers. You can't impress God with your vocabulary. Your, your many years of English, your languages after languages that you know. You can't do that. God already knows. And by the way, we just to pour out our heart before God. You know what pour out your heart means, don't you? It means hold nothing back. It means just let it go to God. I don't want to let it go to anyone else but God. But I better let it go to God. And let it all out to Him, a true trust in God, complete. It's emptying of my soul to God. I'm thankful for my wife. She sits a couple rows back here, and I can tell her very personal things. And you know, I can be encouraged and, and loved and know that, that I'm blessed. And, I, and I've, I've been very encouraged and very blessed over the years. But you know what? There's some things that I can only talk to God about. As much as I can talk to her, and it's great, and I'm thankful for her encouragement, and I'm thankful that, that I can trust her, but I can trust even God more so. That's better. I mean, that's pretty good. I love, I love that and I like that, but it's even better that I can talk to God. And get this, God wants to hear when we talk to Him and what we think is even nonsense or trivial or little or small or big. You know, we, we categorize everything in our life, but God wants to hear it. And he, he wants to hear us pray the hardest when it's the hardest to pray. Look, verse 6, would you please? It says, But when thou prayest, enter in thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father. I'll just whisper it to you because it's, you, you know, you'll hear it and you'll believe it. Father. Father. See your Father today? Boy, if He's your Father, you're His child, there's nothing greater. And to know that He is watching out for you and loves you and cares for you, like unlike any father on earth could ever do. He's your heavenly Father. And He says, He is where? You say He's in heaven today. Well, it says also that He's in secret. Do you see that? You know what that tells me? I better get to Him in secret. I want God. I want to have God's power and God's help and God's presence in my life. Well, i got to go to Him then in my secret time, in my secret place. And it might not be a closet that you literally have your clothes in and that, that you go into that closet, but you better have a secret place. You need to have a secret place. And so a secret place and sharing your heart to the Lord. And this is so encouraging. Please notice verse 8. It says this, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before... Do you see that? Before what in the world? It's because he knows everything. Before you even ask them, wow, isn't that amazing? I, I hope you gather that's amazing. Are you with me this morning? That's amazing. 
that He knows already before you even ask Him, and, and He knows what things you're thinking and, and what you have need of. And so you say, well, that, that, that settles it. I don't need to talk to Him. I don't need to come to Him then. No, He wants you to come to Him still because He wants to hear your voice speaking to Him because as a Heavenly Father, He desires to hear you and to, and to be able to speak to you. And I, I would say this, look at verse 6. I find this very, very interesting because I would think that they have a misprint here, but it's not a misprint. There's nothing wrong. There's no, nothing needs to be corrected in the Word of God, and God's Word continues to, to not return void, and He'll speak to us if He let it. Verse 6, When thou prayest, enter thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which heareth in secret shall reward thee open. That's what it's to say. That's what it should say. No, it says, seeth. You know what? We're so concerned about how we talk to God. You know what God says? I see whether you even come to me in secret. I see whether you even have a secret place. I'm not as concerned about what you say. It's that you get to the secret place and that you have a secret place. And how you talk, matter of fact, the Bible says this, you can have utterings and groanings and he'll still understand. That's wonderful. If you get to that point in your life where, 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 God, I just don't know what to say. I just got to be still. Well, that's a good place to be. Be still and know that I'm God. Because that's, that's encouraging. He knows it before you tell Him. And He still invites us to come in. He wants to hear from us what He already knows. You know, there's been some people in my life that I've heard story after story, the same story. And I'm thinking, I got to act like I'm interested right now because I've already heard this mm, multiple times. And not, that's not the case with God. That's not the case with, with God. He, it's amazing that He still wants us to, to, to come. So you know what? We've we got to realize what the closet is, though. Do you realize the closet is a store chamber? A storage room? It's where all the treasures are located? It's the supply house? It's the shelves are stocked, ready to be dropped in our lap? Don't you want to get in there? If you want to get in there, you'll find that he'll, he'll let go of some of those shelves and some of that items might just fall right off the shelf. And that's where I want to find myself. And so why do we not receive what he has for us? Because we just don't get into the closet, the secret place. And we're more concerned about what he hears and why he hears it and what we're saying. No, he says he sees it, whether we just come into the secret place. I wonder, are we more concerned about what we say or how often we, we say things or talk to Him, or just that we get to the secret place. we got to get there. And God sees how often we do. One person said it this way, our ability to stay with God in the prayer closet is the measure of our ability to stay with God when we're outside of the prayer closet. Our God hears and answers prayer. we got to shut the door, keep out the devil. And simplicity and sincerity, meet with God. It'll come to pass, before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear, God says in Isaiah. You're familiar with it. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. And it tells us how to go about this in verse 9. You're familiar with this passage as well, but I hope the familiarity of it doesn't bring some misconstrued thoughts sometimes on this. It says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, after this manner, it's, it's meant to be as a pattern, not a substitute prayer. This is meant to be a guiding prayer, not a reciting prayer. This is a model prayer, not the Lord's prayer. I know it's 
posted that way in a lot of places. But how to pray. The ironic thing about this is verse 7. Look at verse 7. It says, when you pray, use not vain repetition. So you think that God wants us to jump down a few verses and then use this as vain repetition? Not at all. Not at all. In other words, he's saying this is how not to have vain repetition. Don't be about much speaking or to be heard by others for your prayers. Robert Cook said this, all of us have one routine prayer in our system. And once we get rid of it, then we can really start to pray. You need to take that in. Think about that. Because that's an awful easy routine to get into. And as a young Christian, I think just the attitude, a matter of getting into prayer is important. So we don't fault anyone for, for going through a routine prayer, but if you're a Christian that's been a Christian for any length of time, you should not lay me down, Lord, my soul to keep, my or whatever it is, or, dear Jesus, thank you for this food, bless it, amen. We've got to be careful. Who are we talking to? The King of Kings? The one on the throne of thrones? Are we, are we really coming into His presence? Are we, are we, really, are we really coming into a, a place that, that we feel sincere and, and that is important and, maybe, and we're simple in our prayers, but God, I, I come to you and I'm coming to you. And so it's not just... And same old... Again? You think God enjoys that and, and loves that and wants that? Boy, it's so easy to get and fall into that trap. It's so easy to, to do that. And so we got to be careful because prayer is realizing not that I'm trying to get something from God, but that I have God Himself. I hope you caught that because that's important. God, I need this. God, God, this and this and this, and I'm begging you, and, I'm, and that's fine and good, but that might be the only thing we do. As a matter of fact, it says this. It says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I appreciate the song that was sung earlier about the name of God. And if we really realize who we're coming into His presence, we're going to thank Him more than beg Him. Amen. And verse 10, it's going to be, God, I want your will, not mine. In other words, God, I need heaven to get through on this earth that I live on, and in my life, I want it to be present to help right now. In verse 11 and 12, verse 13, it says us. That includes ourself and yourself. So God, give me bread. No, it says us. Give us this daily bread. I'm going to be praying for others. I'm going to be praying not for, God, I, I want you to meet my daily provision. He already promises to do that. And we can ask Him and talk to Him about that, but I better be careful that I, myself, and me, and mine doesn't get into the Word where it says us. Give us this daily, our daily, our, not your, our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. This is the idea that nothing is between my soul and the Savior, and this is about us not involved in a situation or temptation. And us, God help us as a group collectively to not get involved into the things that are, that are not right and, and to be involved in things that are right. In verse 14 and 15 it says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's where you put in yourself. Because that word ye means me. That word ye means yourself. It means myself. It means I. 
And it's repeated six times, the word forgive, from verse 12 on down to verse 15. Six times. Because get this, please. The fruit of the Spirit never grows in the garden of unforgiveness. It doesn't. And it's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. So what I'm finding is this. What I'm finding is it does me no good to live without prayer in my life. No good. Have you found that to be true? I hope you have. Moses lived with the touch of God. Joshua lived in touch with God. Samuel lived in touch with God. David lived in touch with God. Jeremiah lived in touch with God. Daniel lived in touch with God. Our Lord Jesus lived in touch with God. We are weak and limited, and we need what God has. And I need to be reminded that John 15, verse 5, it says, For without me, you can do nothing. And I think we're not careful. We think so much of ourselves that we even see no need for prayer in our lives. It is the most talked about, most doctrine, prayer as a doctrine, but less and the least practiced. Talk about it all the time, but if we're not walking it, it's not doing us any good. One preacher said this way, Lord, guide us aright because we are very, very determined. God, help us and, and put us in the right path because we're very, very determined in our own being, in our own self, and I want what I want, and you want what you want, and before you know it, we're not doing what God wants. And so this prayer, constant contact with heaven, and it's instant with heaven. You see the word heaven throughout this whole passage over and over again. Our Heavenly Father, heaven as it is in heaven, heaven over and over and over. Aren't you glad your prayer doesn't get lost? Some, I didn't get the text. I didn't get the email. It never gets lost. It always gets received. I'm so thankful that prayer sends to the highest of highest, and it actually comes from the lowest depths of a humble and contrite heart. And you see what happens? Number three, and lastly this morning, not only do we have a secret purpose, we have a secret place, but we have a secret practice. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites do of a sad countenance. They disfigure their faces, they appear unto men to fast, they have their reward. But when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. Come clean. Come clean before God. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Fasting is this. You'll see it on the screen. It's becoming poor to the world's goods and rich toward God's. You realize fasting is just getting out anything that is hindering your communion with God? I left my cell phone on the pew down here, but that thing gets in the, in the way the most probably. Electronics, we need to take a fast from at some point. Because if it hinders my communion with God, God is more important than that. This is not always about food, although it very much can be. But it's anything that hinders my communion with God. Anything. You name it. You, you, you ask God. He'll show you. He'll tell you about it. And so abstaining from anything that hinders your communion with God, you know what it takes? It takes surrender. That's not easy. It's laying down your life and, and, and setting something aside that you want, that you, you desire, you feel you need for God's greater good and God's greater need. 
having, getting God's attention, so I'm going to lay something else aside. You know, any of us can do this because some type of fasting we all can do. I don't know what it is. I'm not just saying it's food. It's not just food. But there is some type of fasting we all can do. And as a Christian, this is, there's a place for it. And I will say this, some of the reason that we don't have revival in our country today is because Christians are not willing to say, if my people, which are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I turn from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. And it starts with prayer and fasting. The devil will do anything to keep you from surrender in this area. I'm telling you, food never looks so good. Food ads will be the biggest you've ever seen. They'll pop up on your phone, on your TV. They'll pop up everywhere. You'll get offers for people to take you to lunch. You don't even get an offer on the day you're not fasting, but you get an offer on the day you are fasting. I'm telling you, it happens. People stop by, the phone will ring, doorbell will ding, anything to keep you from time with God. Anything. Can't tell you how many times we're witnessing to somebody and some other distraction comes into play right at the moment of salvation. Right at the moment of prayer. The devil's fine if you go about fasting, if you go about it the wrong way. It's coming clean before God. It's not a show and tell type thing. It's not to, oh, oh I'm, I'm fasting today. Let you, let you in on that. No. It's not to appear before men, but before God. And you better know it. It's in secret. And God knows. I just want to ask you today, are you in on the secret? Giving, praying, forgiveness, fasting. Most importantly, is He your Father today? Is He your Heavenly Father? What you do, what, what I do, God already knows. No need for us to judge it. We can't figure out the motives. God already has it under control. Jesus is the only one who can call out somebody as they're a hypocrite, they're not, they are, whatever. That's Jesus. And he says, you know where it starts? Secret. Your private life is where it all begins. What no one else knows about, God does. Whether you met with him and you have a secret place or need to get a secret place or haven't been to that secret place, well, it's not just about him hearing, it's about that he sees you go to the secret place. You have a secret purpose? I mean, why do you do what you do? Why do you not do what you do? Well, I'm a Christian. This is not what Christians do. God knows. And you think you're better because you don't do it or because you do do it or whatever the case might be. God knows the matter and the purpose why you and I do what we do. And because God knows, I want to please Him. And because God knows, I want to make sure that I have a secret practice even into play with these things that somehow fasting sneaks in and there is that time that I say, you know what, this is hindering me from my sweet communion I could have with God. And you know what, God, you matter more. And so, God, I'm going to put this aside for a little bit of time or length of time, whatever it might be, God will show you. If you're seeking Him, because He is in secret. He is found in heaven, and He is found in secret. Let's pray. Lord God, I do pray that You'll help us today. The things you see in secret, they will be revealed one day. No one else might know, but You know. Lord, I pray what you see in secret is pleasing to you. Any of us can try to hide, can try to be different than what we are. But Lord, ultimately, you're the one who knows, and your reward, now or later, 
openly or getting the reward present. Thank you for any blessing that comes comes as a result of somebody in a secret place, secret practice and secret purpose behind their life. Lord, this is all in public eye today, so ultimately you know what's in the private eye of each one of our lives. I pray we'll do business with you. We ask you for your help in this matter right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.